you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. First and 10 at the New England 11. Two receivers near side left. Lewis, Hawkins inside of him. Crowell, the running back. Kessler, shotgun. Drops to throw again. First down. Looks, left corner of the end zone. Hawkins there. Caught it. Touchdown. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. And Andrew Hawkins, touchdown in the game of pro football. Yes, pro football is back. All right, preseason style. We have uh, a month's worth of preseason ball to get through, hopefully, across the NFL. A.J. Green's injury, probably the largest one we've heard about so far. Hopefully, that will be the last one we hear about through August. Because, of course, as you watch everybody trying to tell you right now what every team's final record is going to be, it's kind of fraudulent stuff, in my opinion, not to be a curmudgeon about it but uh it we, we don't know yet what uh, attrition the injuries are going to cause to various rosters so it's really hard to do that's why we hold off here on the ddfp from telling you final records until uh until roundabout labor day anywho hi and hello and welcome to the dave damashek football program presented by amazon original the boys on prime video make sure you track it down this is the superhero show that kind of turns the superhero game on its ear these guys are uh are there i guess they're more vain right there eddie spaghetti behind the glass is that the pr- i haven't watched it yet you have i binged the entire uh first season and you loved it i saw I, you out on social media i did like it a lot and uh, apparently seth rogan announced at comic-con they were for a second season so oh, that quick. Uh, yeah so it ended in a cliffhanger but yeah it's 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 um superheroes that use their powers for good but also just whatever they want and and that makes like the world this strange place where they're like revered but also it's kind of dangerous and it's a really interesting original story i'm looking forward mm. to consuming that one and uh and we have a lot to kibitz about here it's an auspicious occasion not just because uh pro football teams are now in training camp and uh pro uh, and uh, the regular season 
is nigh. No, I'll tell you about the man seated to my immediate left in just a <laughs> second here. Real quick, go back and listen to last week's action here in Studio 66. Great stuff from Joe Manganello, a, uh, a Pittsburgh legend, a Steelers fan. He did a deep dive on AFC North, and this is not one of these fancy pants Hollywood guys who kind of sort of likes a team. He actually knows all about not just the Steelers, but he has strong opinions on the Ravens and the Browns and the Bengals and beyond. And uh, so go back. And plus, he also, in his acting career, has turned into a uh, a werewolf. And so he gave acting tips for me and any other actor who might, or well, I'm not an actor, but I was going to say, you're getting into it. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure you saw my star turn on, um, on Scorpion. Uh, last yeah. year on CBS that's when I played a sports was, broadcaster. That's all anybody talked about. Well, I the was range. I was de- frankly disappointed by the Emmy's choice not to give me a best <laughs> uh, best uh, special guest thing, but it's all politics and that's show all business. That is, that's that what is, that's man. about. That's, I, I Believe me, not I'm, I'm not naive. I know how it works. <laughs> um, but anyway, great stuff. For, but Manganello gave some tips on how to turn, go from being a human into being a werewolf if that's what the role Requires So you might want to check that one out. Right. And then also Cole Wright joined us for the first half of our little series that we wanted to take on a couple of months ago. And we finally are getting to it now as you're looking at the NFL rosters and what your favorite team may or may not need. What if you could take one player from history and plug him into the 2019 roster? Who would that player be? Mm. We have the AFC to tackle. And who better to do that with than a guy who toiled for a couple of pro football teams. He's now toiling at NFL media. He's our new pal. Here within these four walls, however, I already know him to be a lovely fellow. You can listen to him on the Tomahawk Show with another newish friend, Joe Thomas. There you go. Here he is, everybody. Andrew Hawkins. What's happening, fella? Not and much. welcome to the fold. What's going uh, down? It is a pleasure to be here. Um, I can't wait to get into all these topics and school you on AFC football. I can't wait to hear. I don't know why it has to be contentious like that <laughs> right just, out of the gate. It should be a nice, pleasant conversation, you know, I right? I the way you look at me and the way you say the Browns. <laughs> don't, try to, don't try to fake this thing, Dave. Are you puffing your chest out here? A little bit. Are you? Really? It's time. It, Come on now. Is it... it it's not premature to be puffing our chest out Listen, yet. Is it, it? I mean, don't they have to do? I know they've done something by the standard set out by the Cleveland Browns, by Baker Mayfield not being an abject bust coming out of the gate. So that's a victory in and of itself. Big victory. But don't they have to? Don't I mean? Don't they have to do something? Don't we have to get to, ha- to Halloween and before Browns fans start getting as brassy as they've been on social media <laughs> and everything? Listen, it's like this. Let's say the season rolls around. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Browns are terrible. You mean to tell me you don't think Browns fans would then regret not having the courage to gloat in a time when everybody else seen the writing on the wall? Mm-hmm. Right now, everyone believes the Browns are going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So right now is the time to say yes. We're going to celebrate that just You're in s- case. You know what? It goes back right to out of the, the gate. Default. Right out of the gate. You've exposed a bit of hypocrisy on my part because I always play and pick up basketball, uh-huh. have always said, you know, because I, I, I yap a lot. And in fact, in high school, before the games, we used to come out and uh, I could shoot it. If you, if I'm all alone, I can shoot it and knock it down from, mm-hmm. from 20 feet. And we built that into the pregame. Like I would come out, they'd, <laughs> I'd shoot silently and they'd, and, and like guys on the other team be like, who's that who? Who's that they guy? We didn't prepare. Plan. We didn't pr- prepare for that loser who wears a T-shirt under his uh, tank top. <laughs> guy, who, who is that guy? And I also I I yap a lot 
before we play would play three on three pickup games. And then halfway end of the game, people would say, like, why do you talk so much? You're terrible. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, if I had the luxury of letting my game speak for itself, I would. Exactly. But I don't I don't have that. Precisely. You're We're, saying that's what it is to be a Cleveland Brown. That's fan. a Cleveland Brown. Until until that changes. That's the strategy we're using. This is a magical window right now for yes, Browns fans to, to, to yap and to trash like talk and feel like a you pro possibly football. Can. <laughs> we can talk about everybody else's team. This is what it's like to root for a good team. Yes, they're, yes. they're experiencing that right now, no matter what happens come, Finally, uh, comes autumn. Anyway, well, welcome to uh, to the NFL and looking forward to all the great stuff you're destined to do around these parts. You're going to be doing a lot of social media stuff, yep. stuff on Total Access. Total and, Access, digital <clears throat> You name it, just multi-platform stars. What they call multi-platform. I like that. Excellent. I like hey, that. Uh, very quickly before we talk about some uh, some current events in uh, in the NFL, I'm curious. I said to you just before, how many touchdowns did you score in the NFL, and you don't even know? I think it was seven or eight. I that know, was, but that's, that's my number. That's a, that. Uh, there's a, another line in between you and me. Is I would know every single detail, and I would let. I would probably walk around in a T-shirt that says all my stats in the NFL, <laughs> just to let everybody to make sure everybody knows. Anything after one, and I was good. It was like it's like the same philosophy I just gave you about the Browns on this side. After one, it didn't matter. I was proud of it no matter what. And I played in Canada too, so sometimes my statistics from Canada get mixed up with my NFL statistics. So I think it's. A, I know it was less than ten. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't. A big, big six guy. Well, I mean, still, I mean, it's amazing stuff. And I, you know, I'm not, uh, this isn't some uh, passive aggressive shot I'm taking at you, but it is legitimately every time I, I, I've uh, encountered you, it is striking your size. And yeah. that you played in the NFL. It's yeah. loco, really. I, hey, you got like our guy Maurice is is not the tallest guy in the world, but he's but he's, he's as like, wide as he is tall. Right, you know, right, he's just like a square. Right. He's a square. Right, exactly. Strong in more as an ways ox. than one. He was uh, Saquads before Saquads. <laughs> he was the original yeah, quad right. god. Yeah, yeah. But his running style, even like it, it he looks like a, a smaller guy running, even Maurice. But not you. You're you're slightly built. I mean, yeah, that, man, amazing. Thank you. I, well, I was quick. People tried to kill me, and I was good at getting away from it. So well, that it that does, worked. and it also feels like. Correct me if I'm wrong. It it, it seems uh, paradoxical almost that in 2019, all we hear about is uh, bigger, faster, stronger. But it seems like teams are really going in the direction of raw speed, no matter Listen. what size. That's that. It's really emerging all of a sudden, right? Yeah. As, as as the zig and zag goes back and forth, defenses adjust to what offenses yep. are doing, and pass, pass, pass. It's seems like people are like those guys that they can put out there who they might be able to hand the ball off to as well as throw it to them. And I mean, the game changes. It just takes all these cycles and it, uh, you know, it just evolves over time. When you have a bunch of big guys, how do you beat a bunch of big guys? Mm-hmm. You get small, quick guys. Then when the league is all small, quick guys, what do you do? You go back to big guys. I remember corners, the default size for a corner was like five, nine and a half. Hmm. That was like prototypical. Five, nine and a half, super athletic in play. Now, if you're under six foot two, teams don't even want to draft you at corner. That's how the game is. When I came out of college, nobody was even would ever consider a, a sub five, eight wide receiver. Wes Welker turns the league on fire and then I start getting calls from teams mm-hmm. like hey we want a, a guy in the West Welker mode now every single team has a receiver who is 5'8 and under oh yeah which is I mean, crazy but that, that's now a part of the NFL system you it, need that kind of guy it really is uh, that that part's fascinating and you talk about the evolution of football something I've said since I was a little kid growing up uh, I'm obviously older than you you probably forget what 
classic big eight powerhouse football looked yeah. like Oklahoma and Nebraska when uh-huh. those were the only two teams that mattered in uh, in that old conference. And it was Jamel Holloway and uh, yep. whoever the Nebraska QBs were going through year after year. And it was all it was all wishbone and stuff. And I would always say, why can't you do that in the NFL? Why can't teams <laughs> try that? Especially the hash marks are tighter right. than they are. So you would. So presumably you have more room to get on uh, to get outside the edge. And yet you would never see people to harumph. Oh, you don't understand football. You couldn't try that in the NFL. <laughs> the guys are too fast for that. But here we are, Lamar Jackson's Baltimore yeah. Ravens. They are they're wearing it. John Harbaugh down is saying that's what we're going to be. They're going to sling it. They're going to sling it some too. But this is all predicated on old school run, all different sorts of uh, all sorts of styles. It sounds basically like, like they're going to run a pro football version it's, of the option, right? It, it, everyone just kind of goes to the default and everyone, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why not? You can't have a receiver who's 5'7". Well, if that guy can't stick with me, why can't you? I remember coming out. Uh, there was one team and I'll name it. It was the Vikings. They sent my tape to the Vikings. The Vikings said on his highlight tape, he doesn't have enough contested catches. So when I talked to this guy, I said, that's because when I run my routes, nobody's going to be near me. <laughs> that's a great line, but also kind of true. Right? Like, so if you look at all of my catches, typically. Should I not slow contested. down so a guy can be in the video? Yeah, like what do you want me to video? do? <laughs> I mean, you look at Kyler Murray. It's like, oh, quarterbacks can't be short until Baker and Russell Wilson and Drew Brees start slinging all over the field. And now Kyler Murray's my height, is number one overall pick. It's crazy. And by the way, as a side note, he's going to be good. And oh, all, yeah. the, all these cynics who, you know, because when, when whatever hasn't happened that much, it's always easy to to take the curmudgeonly posture of like, right. oh, this, let's wait and see uh, kind of thing. <laughs> but Kyler Murray's going to be good. Yes. And how many examples in the 21st century do we need of an agile guy like that running Dude. around who's going to negate a crummy offensive line or at least marginalize the damage that can be done because of a, a lousy offensive line. Plus, he's got those pass catchers. Plus, he's got David Dude. Johnson behind him, right? If you look, if you take the percentages of successful uh, shorter quarterbacks versus the uh, percentage of successful taller so quarterbacks, right. it's not even close. I told people, I can I can give you a bunch of 6'5 quarterbacks who aren't any good if that's what you want me to do. If you think that matters, I can give you a laundry list. For as long as, as much time as you have, we could spend this entire podcast talking about tall football players who weren't any good. I think that'd be like a boring podcast, but that would be, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it all in. Like, just do a whole podcast that just goes, a whole episode. That goes, no, like five episodes a week. <laughs> Tall quarterbacks who aren't good. <laughs> episode number 17,000. Like, people still be loving to hear about uh, Gail Gilbert and... Uh, I'm just I I could I see I'm I don't want to go down the rabbit hole just yeah, starting to name bad talk. You're gonna get some tweets. Um so all right, we have a lot to kibitz about here, as mm-hmm. I say. Um also with training camp underway, I love asking players about this. You know, and you hear about like, oh, so and so, he's down, he's got a little he's got a uh twist in his uh, ankle there, so he's gonna he's gonna be out for a little while. Yeah. If I were an NFL football player, the one thing I would do is, Hell I mean, if I had to earn my team, earn my spot, then it might be different. But yeah. outside of that, like, why would any tenured player ever not be like, hey, Ankle I hurts. got a thing going in the groin, coach, Hammy. sorry. Why What's the? Why go and work out in training camp to when be you can honest, get hurt? It's the, uh, it's the unwritten strategy of a lot of veterans. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that you're like, oh, so-and-so is hurt. Come week one, all of a sudden, they're... They're back to normal. <laughs> so magically, he's ready to go. Good thing wow. he took that rest. That guy is a freak athlete. Did you have to have a roommate when you would uh, go to training camp? Um, I had a roommate, I think, my first two years. Uh, A.J. Green was my roommate. No way. Yeah, A.J. was my roommate. 
Um, and then after that, I, I had veteran tenured status and I got my own room. What was that like? AJ Green, everybody loves him. Everybody says yeah. he's a lo- he's a lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah. He is an incredible guy. Super quiet. I was like a little bit more loud and obnoxious. And I would kind of <laughs> early on, AJ, he was like, you know, coming into his own, trying to catch the vibe. I was a little older our first year we were together, but I came from Canada. So I was like three years older than him. So I would kind of do the talking for him sometimes. Um, <laughs> like it's a good duo. I, I, it's it. It was a. I don't know if it was a good duo. It was a. It was a great strategy on my part to piggyback of off his success. AJ, tell them that that you need me around, <laughs> dude. Here. We had. A, I had a car deal in Cincinnati for three years where I had a free car. I would change it out whenever I wanted. I'm driving Camaros, convertibles, Jeeps, all because me and AJ were friends. And it was like, hey. If you want his car deal, you got to give me one, too. All so, right. Now that you've opened up that opportunity, now that you've said it, that you did it, it would be curmudgeonly of you to reject me uh, drafting <laughs> off of you. I'm going hey, to draft off of Hawk's success Circle going forward. Um, yeah, that's right. Pay it forward exactly. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, w- did, uh, any thoughts on the A.J. Green stuff or is that it? Uh, the way it's feeling to me, it's easy to get uh, sort of like, oh, the Bengals did that wrong. Did they or was that yeah. uh, no, was, I, or is that just a, uh, a fluke? I don't know if it's a fluke. I don't know if they did it wrong, but I, I'm not reading too much into it. I think he'll be fine. I think. You know, this comes a part of the territory. There's been a lot of times where, like, we've gone to situations where it wasn't the best conditions or whatever, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, everybody would love for things to be ideal. Like, there was a certain time in my career I hated fans being at practice hmm. because I was like, this is too much pressure. I just want to focus on trying to make this dang team. I don't need fans out there judging everything, tweeting about it, writing the articles, you know, but it comes along with the game. So everybody's ideal conditions are different. You accept it. Things happen. They don't happen. You move forward. That's weird. You didn't like fans. I would think to me, if I had to choose, I would say I would much rather there be just thousands of people around than be at the combine with just like a couple of hard boiled guys with clipboards and stopwatches in silence, like watching everything I do. I would feel that would be too much pressure. No, I, 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 my favorite day of the year was the day that there was no longer fans Hmm. at training camp. Cause it was just quiet. You can, I could drop as many passes as I want to and nobody knows like when you're in training camp, when the fans are there, when the media is there, that is a game. A game for a player is just what they'll write about. Because if they start writing, you suck. Guess what? You suck. There's going to be a campaign to get you out of there as soon as possible. So every single day that there was access to that, you had the pressure of making sure you played well. I'm of two minds. I'm not as down on it as some people are about like, oh, how much let's get over every play from practice in August making the news or being a tweet or whatever. I find I kind of think it is neat to see. I mean, I don't know how relevant it is come mid-September, yeah. but it still is compelling on some level if you're trying to track guys that you don't really know yeah. too much about. Um, I get it. I but get I it. also get that I wouldn't like – Let's not get crazy because I threw a bad. I mean, Josh Allen, you would have thought he was the biggest bust in in <laughs> history before right. his rookie season even began because he threw a couple of errant passes in exactly. August, right? Exactly. I mean, and it, it's like for me, there was a there was a time when I would when I first came in, it was cool that they were writing because they're like, oh, who is this kid? Mm-hmm. After the who is this kid, it was like, yo, we have to replace the five seven receiver. What do we do? So every year it would be like, oh, Hawkins is on the bubble. He's not going to make it this year. Every single season all the way up until I retired. So, you know, you deal with it. Your family reads everything. That's like the biggest thing. Like you might not care, but your mom, she doesn't know any different. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, man, I- this, this guy <laughs> for this blog is saying that, 
You know, he doesn't know if you, you can... have bad hands because you dropped one. <laughs> he doesn't think you can bounce back from that last practice. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, Mom. I want to talk about this right now. It is weird when there are pronouncements made like best guy in practice today. Like, really? It's not even <laughs> August yet. And we're evaluating who's the best player in up. practice. Um, all right. Michael Bennett goes to the Patriots. And uh-huh. I'm endlessly fascinated, I guess, because it's so mysterious mm-hmm. and uh, and closed off what the Patriots are doing. But you do yeah. hear Michael Bennett, yet another guy who is a uh, who's a charismatic guy, mm-hmm. a smart guy, um, who's been around a bunch of different cultures. And his and the early returns are, man, I like <clears throat> Bill Belichick treats me like a human being. Yep. This this I feel like it's now been relegated to 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 some uh, level of myth now that that Belichick's a jerk and people seem to like yeah. him. I, I guess first question is, is Belichick a jerk? Is that your <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, okay. Go ahead and answer that. What was your experience with uh, with the guy? No, he, he's not a jerk. I mean, it's like I, I feel like when for NFL coaches, for the experience I've had, and I've probably been around probably six to ten NFL coaches at some level in their career. Um, the ones I th- I think are the most successful are the ones who cut out all the BS, right? So you have to, whatever you're going to be as a coach, whatever your MO is going to be, you have to be all in on that. This is the thing that comes up all the time. So if you, however, you one foot in, one foot out, you can't be this guy one day, you can't be the disciplinarian that day, you can't be the the player's coach this day, whatever it is, you need to be all in. Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll, a player's coach, you need to be, they need to love you every single day, feel nice and fuzzy like a warm teddy bear every single day. Bill Belichick is all football. There is not a time at any point in the 24 hours of a day that Bill Belichick will not be all football. He will treat you like a football player. You can ask him how his daughter is. He will say his daughter is fine as long as you were studying your cover two defenses yesterday. Like, everything... Mm is back to football, and I think guys appreciate that because there's no gray area. The worst part about being a professional football player, I'm not crying like, woe is me, Mm -hmm. I'm getting paid to play football, but the gray area is what kills you. The uncertainty is what kills you. There is no gray area. You don't want to keep your guys on edge and never know what they're going to get? There's not some value to that? No, not, not, I mean, Bill Belichick, if if he is an example of, or the combative of whatever that logic is, you know exactly where you stand with Bill Belichick because it's based off of how you played earlier that day in practice. Here's the thing that is just hard to reconcile is that there are trends. You, I love talking to guys about like people, people get a little loose with like, you got to have that if you want to be a Super Bowl contender. And only some of those things are true. Yeah. You need to be solid on both uh, lines of scrimmage to make deep playoff runs. Almost always. Mm-hmm. If you go through the 21st century teams that have played in Super Bowls, that will bear out with few exceptions. Mm-hmm. You need to have a good quarterback. Same thing. couple of uh, human yep. exceptions that prove that rule. You don't need to have a dominant number one wide receiver. Anyway, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But the But these rules of how it has to go if you want to be relevant in January do not apply to the Patriots. And what the Patriots do cannot be applied to the other 31 teams. Why? What has Belichick figured out? What is this What is this yeah. wizard? What is this witch of a man figured out about football that he can do things that no one else can see coming? And then it always goes back to some very fundamental thing. Just do your job. I just want you to do that. Just be yeah. two-dimensional. Don't go outside yourself. It seems simplistic, and yet it works, obviously, better than it's ever worked for any team in the history of football. You know, Bill Belichick's tree is like he comes from, like, like war generals, right? Mm. He's like a military guy. He's a strategy guy. That is his 
biggest attribute. It's that he is smarter than everybody else. Hmm. He throws everybody off with literally everything he does. Everything he does is a tactic to throw somebody else off of their game. So he wants everyone to talk about how he does not, he's the most unreasonable guy. He doesn't bend anywhere. Bill Belichick is the most flexible coach in NFL history. He is not tied to one way of doing things on the field. Chameleon, right. He is going to do whatever it takes to win. And if that is changing his entire system in one day, he will do so. But it it benefits him Hmm. for everyone else to try to duplicate what they think he is, how they think he acts, right? And that's what he's been amazing at every year. It doesn't matter if his line isn't any good. He'll compensate another way, whatever he has. He takes, he's a cook, right? When a cook, a chef can cook no matter what the ingredients are. And, and but, but what's also an interesting element of his just ongoing success and, you know, the debate of him versus 12 and who's uh-huh. more important, all that kind of stuff. He isn't a master when it comes to the draft. I mean, he's had plenty of hits. Yeah. But he's had plenty of high round busts too, not busts maybe, but guys who didn't end up being that uh, that yeah. special. Um, and it, it, no matter it, it, he when they go out there, I mean the the Chiefs game, the AFC title game, as they run into the locker room in Arrowhead at the half of the title game, I just I, I mean I threw my hands up. You would have thought I would have done it a decade prior, but <laughs> finally I, I said. No one all season has any ability to stop Patrick Mahomes in this offense. And all of a sudden they just completely get zeroed out by Belichick and company. Like I said, man, I mean, the league, you would think everyone is paid and scouted off of potential. And they think that's how you build teams. It's not. Belichick takes the other op. Like, yes, nobody knows what a college guy is going to react to by becoming a millionaire or now seeing the regimen of the NFL. I don't care how good of a scout you are. You cannot predict someone's personality and how mm. they're going to handle that environment, especially the Patriots, which is the hardest environment in the NFL. What you can predict is how good a professional athlete already is. So that's where Belichick makes his money. He doesn't have to go find the next great Mac receiver. He's like, this guy, I've seen him play for five years. I know what he can do for this team. Let me get that. I don't have to worry about that function anymore. Hmm. I'll go get a bunch of guys that can also do what I need around him. Boom, you win. It's uh, It really is as much as, and people say round about uh, the end of those title games, mm-hmm. and so uh, another two weeks of having to talk about the Patriots dynasty again in late January, yep. early February, and yet it is, like I say, endlessly fascinating to me because no one really has put a finger on it, including Willie McGinnis and yeah. a bunch of other Patriots I've talked to, long-tenured guys. What is it? And it's it's still hard. I hear your words, obviously, Dude. and it's still hard. So so what is it? And let's go the other side of this coin now. You talk about a loaded roster with some big personalities there in uh-huh. Cleveland. A lot of people very excited about them. And it is hard for me just looking at the at the roster and looking at the swagger, which I love in a QB, by the way. I think I want a gunslinging, yep. swaggering guy leading the team. Yep. I don't need uh, a guy who has mistaken himself to be a senatorial candidate who shamed the devil if he shows a personality or <laughs> says anything outside the box. I like the way Mayfield, I, if I were a Browns fan, I would I would be all about He's Baker a firecracker. Mayfield. Now you have Odell Beckham, another big mm-hmm. personality, Jarvis Landry, and so on. Is Freddie Kitchens, from what you can glean from, uh, you know, from a distance or even up close, mm-hmm. he's the guy? Like, when I mean, you talk about, I, I, at minimum now, if you walk into that uh, that culture in New England, be like, it's Bill Belichick. I better listen to whatever he says or I'm going to yeah. be in trouble. Is that going to be a problem for Odell, Jarvis, anyone else to be like, well, why would I listen to you, guy named Freddie? 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, that will be an issue that he has to, you know, address at some point because throughout the season, listen, I don't care how good your roster is. I don't care how good your team is doing. The NFL is a collection of individual businesses, right? Each player is a business of that player. So, yes, I would love to win a Super Bowl, but first I would like to make $100 million, right? I don't care. If, if an NFL player sits up here and tells you. So interesting. Yeah, that's. That they I, would rather win First a three Super to five Bowl. years, that's what it's about, right? It's like, I want to make my money, right? Simple as that, man. That's like, that's priority number one. And, and having those amount of catches, I need the ball. I need this amount of, of touches in the offense. I need this many looks to, so mm-hmm. I can maintain the status sure. of a top player. So those are things that a, a coach has to. And a guy like Freddie, he's in a kind of a no-win situation. I think the team will be good. I think Freddie's incredible, and I think he's going to do great. But if they don't do well, he's going to be at fault because his roster is so talented. If they do do well, the roster being talented will be the reason why they did well and not because Freddie That's kind of true. So yeah. it, it kind of sucks for him. Uh, but, again, if he wins enough rings or he if he can bring a ring to Cleveland, they won't matter. They'll put up 15 tr- – 15 statues of everybody involved and say, look, we don't know who was the reason, but we're glad it happened. Which experiment then, a rookie head coach who is kind of out of nowhere, uh-huh. uh, the the success he had for half a season uh, as OC in 2018, notwithstanding. That's mm-hmm. one kind of an experiment, just bringing in all these alphas in yep. the one locker room that's never had any success. That's one ex- uh, experiment. Experiment two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're, we think we're going to be better because we've moved on these uh, the alleged divas, mm-hmm. you know, who and by the way, both those guys moved on on by their choice, not by the Steelers choice. But right. anyway, the, the Steelers yeah. story is like, yes, yeah, see, we're better now without without these all pro guys. Like, I don't it worked that good anyway. You didn't know I'm, I'm a little I'm a little skeptical, but I kind of <laughs> like well, I, the one the, the asterisk I put next to this team togetherness uh, business that everyone's selling there in Latrobe. And uh, on the banks of the three rivers right now is let's see how together they are. If they get it handed to them in Foxborough yeah. on national TV to start the season. Then, yep. by the way, Seattle comes to town in week two. I mean, they get that. And then they go to San Francisco for week three. And that yeah. defense is going to be real. It's going to be for real. They could be 0 and three. Let's see how together they are. If they're 0 and two, or when they take an L to the Cleveland Browns, let's see how Steelers. Fans, I, don't like, I don't like that. Let's talk. see how they react to that. We'll yeah, we will see about that. <laughs> won't we? Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> oh, good times, man. <laughs> also, the experiment that we've talked about, the uh, Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. going, you know, uh, back to the future, whatever you call it, back to the past, some sort of college-style offense. Which wins out in the AFC North, as far as you can tell, as we sit here right now? Which wins out? Oh. Three bold kind of directions to take a pro football team. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say the Browns, man. Okay. I'm I'm gonna say the collection of of stars who have something to prove. Like if they have if they are a playoff team, they all catapult to the next level. I well, think, think about that's who, driving them. Who would you say is the Jenga piece? And Jenga, my Jenga theory goes like this: in twenty in the twenty first century NFL, every NFL team will suffer injury uh, and lose players. The key is to not lose the wrong guy because if that right. guy goes out, the whole thing will implode. Yeah. QB is too easy a standard <clears throat> to use. So, yeah. who is the Jenga piece to the twenty nineteen Browns besides Baker? Obviously, um, if he goes down, they're in trouble. Yeah, I'd probably say there's two that I want to say. Can I say them both? You can. All right. I'm going to say Jarvis Landry. Really? Huh? Surprised by that um, one. And Miles Garrett. 
That's my guy. Miles Garrett's Garrett, the one. For he, obvious reasons. He is a freak. I, I think he'll be in contention this year for uh, defensive player of the year mm-hmm. because he is he is that good. But Jarvis, I just feel like his spirit, his energy, what he means to that team, if they lose him, I feel like they're going to feel like their legs are taken out from under him because he's going to be the glue that kind of holds it all together for Baker, the OBJ, all the collection of incredible assets, personalities, and talent. I feel like Jarvis, you know, he was like, to, in their minds, the first one to say, hey, this is where I I, I want to be here. You. We're going to turn this around. Follow me. And that's why I feel like he's the Jenga pace. I, I, I know him just a little bit, and uh, I know enough to know he's a delightful uh, guy. I, I really love Jarvis Landry. When I Funny, played, cool guy, super nice to everybody who he encounters in my limited Dave, experience. Really like that guy. There is not a harder worker in the NFL. Oh, really? I, huh. When I was playing. Why why did it not work out in Miami then? Why was it like Adam Gase didn't like that presence isn't good on your roster? I feel like it, it, it's what we talked about with the kind of the tug of war of power, right? The Why would we listen to this Freddie guy? Hmm. You know, Jarvis, I would study not his game tapes when I was when I was playing in the league. I would get his practice tapes and there I've never seen a player practice harder. And I was a hard practice guy myself. Anyone who played with me, like, yo, Hawk, practice ball. Settle so, down, man. Because I was scared yeah. I was going to get cut all the time. Yeah, right. I was that guy. <laughs> right? And I would watch his tapes, and he would, I'm talking about they're on their own three-yard line, three-yard out. He would take it 97 yards and finish in the end zone hmm. because that's what you're supposed to do. He's that kind of guy. And I feel like in Miami, he probably de- commanded a lot of attention and respect of the guys in the room. So whenever there was a rift between him and the coach, players would probably navigate to his side of the I, arguments. I, you know, I interviewed Odell maybe four years or so ago, three, mm-hmm. four years ago. And he had on for the interview, he had on these aqua and orange uh, Nikes. Yeah. And I said, shouldn't those really be the on, on uh, your friend's feet when uh, Jarvis was down uh-huh. in Miami? I said, shouldn't those really be on Jarvis's feet? Not uh, not yours. He's like, it's funny because uh, I got these for Jarvis, but they didn't fit him. So so I just kept them because <laughs> I think they're nice. So. Point being, they've been friends for a long time. Yes. But it, have you ever heard from either of those guys or anyone else? Because I've heard whispers that uh-huh. as close as they are, they didn't like sharing targets at LSU. That can only get worse at the pro level now that yeah. they're millionaires in the NFL, right? If, is there any truth as far as you know to that? And is that okay for guys who presumably both would like to have 100 targets this year, not yeah. to mention Callaway and Njoku and the rest of it. I mean, they're just so talented, man. And that, that's going to be the biggest trick for Freddie Kitchens is, is trying to get everyone the amount of touches that they want and deserve. Um, Jarvis was the man at LSU, not OBJ. Mm-hmm. It was the other way around. Jarvis showed OBJ the ropes of how to make this, how he should be going about things, how to make this. So o- OBJ has an incredible amount of respect for Jarvis. That's out of his own mouth. If it wasn't for Jarvis, he feels like he wouldn't be in the position he's in now. That being said, again, there are 53 collections of businesses in every NFL team. And that competitive spirit, I don't think is a bad thing. So, yes, they're going to want the ball. If one is getting 13 touches and one is getting three, there might be a problem there. I don't foresee that happening. Um, but, I, again, I think that competitive spirit is what drives teams. On the Bengals teams that were good and they kind of turned around the franchise mm-hmm. with A.J. Green, they had A.J., Muhammad Sanu, Marvin Jones, um, Jermaine Gresham, Tyler. These are people who wanted the football, and 
they would do whatever they needed to to be the target, be the focal point, and it just elevated the entire offense. You always hear about that. They, guys got to buy in. Everybody's got to buy in. It's got to be about winning, but to your point, for various reasons, guys want to be a part of no. it. They want to make their money. That I mean, that goes back to Steve Smith. I said, yeah. I said, do you care? Like, so what if you're a running back on Panthers? You're still winning the games if Cam's taking it over the goal line if you're a running back. He's like, not when it comes to contract time. If you're Dude. Jonathan Stewart or D'Angelo Williams, you're got like, hey, well, you didn't score that many touchdowns this year, so we're not going to pay as much. They will hold it against you. As simple as that. So That's you right. have to be a part of it. I completely get all that, and and, and you know, mm-hmm. I always go back to like Antonio Brown. He's a bad guy because he doesn't like Juju getting as many targets as as AB's getting, and. Mm-hmm. I get the bat, you know, yeah, you want that and you don't want to be selfish and you want to win games. But I also completely understand, like, you know who else wanted targets? Jerry Rice. Jerry yes. Rice didn't like T.O. breaking his record on Jerry Rice Day in uh, in single game catches. Absolutely not. Jerry Rice was mad that he wasn't more celebrated after the Super Bowl win against the Bengals. And, and Walter Payton, you know, sweetheart to, to the world of, uh, of football fans was was moping in the locker room after he finally got over the hump in the Super Bowl because uh, Fridge Perry got the touchdown, not him. It's not bad to want the ball. No. I just don't know how you balance if you have that many guys. I mean, this is Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry who are going to want touches. And that, and that's the that, that's the hard part for a lot of these coaches. There's only one. There's two guys in a locker room that only care about wins. Who's win, who's, the amount of wins you have dictate the amount of money you make, and that's the head coach mm-hmm. and – the quarterback. If I'm a receiver on the 0-16 Browns and I go for 1,300 yards, I'm still getting a huge contract. If I'm a running back and I rush for right. 1,400 yards and our team didn't hit any wins, I'm still getting a, a big contract. The quarterback, it doesn't matter what numbers you have. If you didn't win, nobody cares. Same with the head coach. Offensively, your offensive coordinator could have a great offense on a terrible team, and he will get a head coaching position. The quarterback and the head coach are the ones who have to always care the most about winning. Mm-hmm. I would always tell the quarterbacks I play with, of all your teammates— the only thing they need to think about you is that all you care about is winning. So Baker being a firecracker, doing all that is important to the morale of that team because they have to th- they have to say he comes in early, he stays late. All he cares about is winning. I can go get my thirteen hundred yards, but that guy, he just cares about getting a W. If he's worried about throwing for four thousand yards, you're going to have trouble in paradise. Before we let uh, before we let you get out of here and go get prepared for fancy TV stuff on Total Access and beyond <laughs> here, uh, Hawk, um, I want to talk about the uh, the NFL Top 100 that's going uh-huh. on on NFL Network right now. Be on the lookout on social media. I'm doing some stuff with NFL Films, um, you know, kind of reacting to some of the names okay. I see out there. Let's turn it into a little uh, Jenga theory kind of conversation here 49 and 50 it's miles garrett at 49 baker mayfield at number Mm -hmm. 50 reminder to all the people who are saying what kind of list could this be baker mayfield barely played and he's are yes it's based on last season's deeds going into this year it's it's this is prognosticating by nfl football players as they vote on these things um and kind of uh put them up there i first of all Something that will always fascinate me, and if they win a Super Bowl, you know, then no one will ever care about what might have been. But I love to play what if with stuff. What if those Cleveland Browns in 2018, spring of 2018, had gone Saquon and Sam Darnold? Then what? Versus going <sighs> Denzel Ward and, uh, and, and Baker. Baker. I'm a big Saquon fan. I was all for getting Saquon 
Or and whatever quarterback's even there. Might I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, even yeah. know that uh, Sam Darnold would have fallen given right. that. I was all in on, on Saquon. I felt like he was a, a, a can't-miss prospect, and he was, and he is, and he's going to be incredible for the Giants. Baker is franchise-changing to this point. Like, it, it, I mean, the only reservations I would have, if any, and they're small with Baker, are things that have nothing to do with the football field. Because when you watch him in NFL football, he just has such a feel for offense, defense, where people are, how to, to, to throw passes in there. He's incredibly accurate. Mm-hmm. He just understands it. Whether he knows an offense or not, he can say hut. And when everyone moves, he knows what their responsibilities are. He just understands the game of football, and that is rare even for the quarterback position. I don't have that same feeling with Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold has all the, the tangibles. He's the right height, the right arm strength. Um, I think he's incredibly skilled. When I watch him out there, I don't hmm. feel like he knows football more than the other 21 guys. With Baker, that's how you feel. It's a fa- I mean, uh, the, the crazy accuracy is something that, yeah. imme- that, that immediately jumps out when you start uh, looking at him. I think unless the collective scouting community was wrong, which they rarely are. I mean, some guys are in on a guy and other, but everybody was in on Sam Darnold last year. Yeah, Maybe Maurice Jones-Drew being the one big exception that I can think of who said, Threw a lot of picks in high school, threw a lot of picks in college. Why that would change in the NFL, I have no idea. So, yeah. so we'll see about, the, about that bit of skepticism. But I'm interested in Baker Mayfield at 50 and Jared Goff at 32, based on what I said, yep. that this is not just about last season's deeds, but also going into this season. I don't think anybody, including Sean McVay, at this point, maybe I'm getting a little crazy about Baker Mayfield. I was going to say, you're, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, Dave. I like it. <laughs> I'd like Baker over J- Jared Goff, right? Yeah, I mean, even beyond Baker, I think Jared Goff is talented, right? I think he has a lot of the tangibles as well. I think he's still developing and maturing into a really, really good quarterback. He's in a great system that helps. But I don't think he should be there. There's a lot of quarterbacks behind him that I would probably take over Jericho. I don't think he's incompetent or anything like that. No, Obviously, a, he's been great. The least but I think he's got his flaws and glass half full or glass half empty, Hawk, uh-huh. going into the 2019 season. I feel like the Rams are going to regress a little bit. The interior of that offensive line, yeah. not as strong as what it was. Todd Gurley, at best, a question mark with the knee. Now mm-hmm. they get a nice kid coming out of school to perhaps replace him. But nevertheless, that offense figures to – did Bill Belichick, and before that, Matt Patricia, because a lot of what Flores and, and uh, Belichick did in that Super Bowl was predicated on what Matt Patricia's D- Detroit Lions did with him, plus throw in Jared Goff out in the cold in Chicago – with that, uh, with that pass rush, he really looked like a Southern California kid yeah, uh, in a bad spot there. Glass half full or glass half empty on the Rams offense in 2019? Did, did something get figured out, or was that just a bump in the road and they continue to ascend? I, I, I think it's a collection of both. I think I'm a very big Sean McVay fan for the same reasons I'm a Bill Belichick fan. I think he has a above-average ability to figure things out. Right. So he's just not someone I'm willing to say, oh, their offense won't be the same because he's innovative enough. He studies it. Hmm. He you can't be 33 years old, have the success he's had at the levels he's had without putting a little extra time in and just understanding it at a different level. So I'm going to err on the side of glass half full because no matter the same situations we are foreseeing, he's not a kind of guy to be like, oh, this is going to sneak up on me. He's seen them, too. He's probably seen them long before we did. And he spent his whole offseason figuring out how he's going to combat those. 
Um, I say I think the Niners are going to win that division. I keep saying it. That I've, defense. I'm a Shanahan fan. I'm all boy. That defense is going to be. I like rugged, that. Right? Like that. How good is that defense going to be? Top notch, man. Nick Bosa is going to be the least of any team's worries yeah. out there. D Ford on the other side, it's what they the, already have on that front. Pivotal year for the 49ers. That's right. And again, talk about unless everybody was wrong. Everybody said Sam Darnold was the best QB. So unless uh-huh. everybody was wrong about that. And the other, uh, Kyle Shanahan two years ago was like, oh, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. They're the two greatest offensive minds going yeah. in pro football. Was everybody wrong about that? No, they've just been derailed by injury and roster Great. building. And now it's time for them to uh, be nice and ripe in 2019. I like it. Right, I like listen, it. I like you, Andrew Hawkins, <laughs> and I and I like uh, getting you in Studio 66. What a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll get you out of here because you got a lot of stuff yeah, to I do. Got work to do. Before you go, real fast, one more question. You can Give plug one guy in to the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns in 2019 from the history of the Cleveland Browns. Who's it going to be? This is easy. This is Joe Thomas. All right. He's a Hall of Famer, though. He's okay. going to be a Hall of Famer. All right. That's beginner level, but that makes all the sense in the world. Right. Okay, so then... Give me somebody who's not destined for the hall. (laughs) If you want to say yourself, you can say yourself, but where are you going to get your touches? I don't need touches. I don't want you you out (laughs) there. I don't want you bothering to get all dressed up and the pads and tape and all that. I'm a healthy scratch. That's what I want. You're all right with that? I just want to ride the wave, baby. No, I'm going to say Josh Cribbs. But he he's probably a Hall of Famer, too, though. At some point. He's the best return in NFL history. At some point, they'll... What are you talking about? Devin Hester was a better returner. But okay. But uh, eh, Josh Cribbs, I love that one. That's yeah, See, that's fun and splashy. You got to give Cribbsy the opportunity. I love that. All right. You go. Andrew Hawkins will right. be on the lookout for you. At Hawk, track him down. All sorts of great insights. Uh, one of the sharpest minds in uh, in football. Actually, I could leave off in uh, in football. Just one of the sharpest minds as you just experienced <laughs> here a little bit. And uh, and uh, be on the lookout for him there. Total access all over the place from now through uh, Super Bowl. What is it going to be? 53, 54? I have no idea. I don't even 53 know. 53 was, was it L-I-I-I? It was three I's last year, right? It was? I think so. I think last year was 53. Okay. Fair enough. Sure. So we'll see uh, Andrew Hawkins all through uh, through the 2019 NFL season. Welcome, uh, fella. I like I like the I way this went. It. Spaghetti, you thought this back. went well? We might see. He, he, he could conceivably be, if you made the digital wall of fame, what uh, team's jersey would you go with? Browns? Oh, I have to go. Can what if we had a, three Browns on this wall? That right. would stink. Can you get a half-half? Could I be the first half-half jersey? We've, we've never had a half. We've never had a half Let's go halfsy. All right, good. I'm a halfsy guy. Andrew Hawkins, thanks so much. Spaghetti, let's keep the ball rolling here while uh, while he goes off to do his fancy work. Um, let's pick it up where we just left off there. I think we need to round this list out a little bit. We got to take. We got to tackle the AFC. Um, the new the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Who do you got? Uh, I don't, Tony you know, Munoz. Oh, he's, he, I can't do Hall of Famer. You right? could go. No, you could Their go. Their offensive line is. They have so few really Hall of bad. Famers, but Anthony Munoz uh, sta- sounds good. The QB. You want to plug in Ooh, for right. Andy Dalton. Not a Hall of Famer, but Boomer Esiason. You threw Boomer on that team. That They would be a lot more compelling than uh, the way they look right now. For the Ravens, the obvious one is Ray Lewis in there after C.J. Mosley moves on. Ed Reed wouldn't be a bad uh, addition on any NFL team, no matter what the state of things. But uh, definitely with uh, Earl Thomas in there. Um, trying to think of what other Raven we could go with. Let's just finish off the, uh, the AFC North here. Raven from history who isn't in the Hall of Fame 
it, Jamal Lewis is was like a high-end guy who doesn't wind up in the Hall of Fame, but that's a an embarrassment of riches back there. With with Mark Ingram, and they have Gus they Edwards, Stat Allen's They own. have a ton. That, that, that's certainly not something I they mean, need. I guess a pass catcher is what it, they need. Yeah, I was, you know, was going to say Todd Heap. Todd Heap, eh? Yeah, yeah Lamar, something... a little safety blanket for him. Yeah, that's good, too. They drafted three receivers. I mean, who who's their best all-time receiver? Here, I'll tell you, this guy's going to go to the Hall of Fame, so this is a cheat, but uh, young Terrell Suggs. Yeah. That would not be so bad. Yeah. Um, they also have Jimmy Smith on the shelf for four games, so you could throw any of their high-end. How about McAllister, McAllister throwing McAllister, him in McAllister's there? McAllister's a good one, yeah. In the secondary. Um so we did Bengals, we did Browns, we did Ravens. You need to do Steelers. I'd like to hear who just walked in uh, on the other side of the glass in Studio 66, uh, Browns enthusiast Mark Sessler. I'd like for him to do the honors of making the Browns pick. If uh, you could usher him in, in the doorway here, I'd appreciate that. If you could talk you to his to? people and see if he could join us to He's wrap coming. things up. He's coming. Um, I will say for the Steelers, and this is something, the reason I was reminded to get to this thing that we brought up two months ago is that somebody asked it to me on social media. And um, which Steeler would you bring back from history? And, of course, you have so many Hall of Famers. It'd be, it's awfully easy to pick. Mean Joe Green would never be a bad addition on any team, but it's a little cheap because they're loaded up front, the Steelers are. Rod Woodson. Or Mel Blunt. No, I was going to say Mel Blunt. Among, the, among all the Hall of Famers that the Steelers could plug in, although Jack Ham wouldn't be bad either. Uh, you know, so many offensive linemen. I, I think that's the right answer is uh, Rod Woodson or Mel Blunt. But for non-Hall of Fame Steelers, um, how, about, uh, how about Louis Lips? Louis Lips was a great, was a dynamic uh, touchdown making wide receiver for the Steelers. He'd be a good one. Ooh, over, I, I just, I can't believe I've heard. Hines or Plaxico or Santonio? Well, Hines is going to go the hall. I'll tell you who the correct answer is. Heath Miller. That's the correct okay. answer. That's what they. That's what they lack is a is a do it all tight end. Mark Sessler, what's the poop, fella? You excited? We just saw Hawk. Everybody's excited about the Browns. Just met him out in the hallway. What a great guy. Yeah, you know he, he played for the Browns. I am aware of that. Yes. Are you also are you also aware that uh, the Browns? Everybody's excited about them. Well, I feel how's your, fe- I've, how's your I've spirit. Been, I've been tracking you uh, a lot on tr- on Twitter when it comes to the Browns, and I think that you employ something that I kind of feel like Dan Hansis out there does as well, which is a little bit of psychological warfare, which is mm. building them up and sort of anointing them as the you know, a Super Bowl-type team already before they've done anything. Done. So I'm not, I'm not falling for any of it until I see it on the field. Who am I to rage against the machine that has anointed no, the Browns you are, to be you are the machine. AFC powerhouse? Hey, can I jump in one second here? <laughs> I just want, Shaq, hi, Shaq. Hello. I just want Dan you to know everybody. that this is all in Mark's head, this idea that I'm launching some type of psychological warfare. Oh, no, warfare. it's not in my head. <laughs> and he's a very complicated personality, Mark, and I love him to death, but it is all in his brain. It is, it is absolutely reality um, from Dan's angle, but, us, but you created this machine. You are the machine. You are using – you are a Steelers fan mm-hmm. who, who has been, had no problem using the Browns as an annual punching bag dating back to your 20s, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I don't know how old My you are. My 20s? I, 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 I mean, it's been a long time. Well before <laughs> then, friend. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you know, post – I was there when Matt Barr made the field goal uh, in overtime, 33-30, to 30, 1979. 
I was there for that one. 1978, I was in Three River Stadium. Another overtime game, a flea flicker in overtime. Who says Chaz Knoll didn't get splashy when when the situation called for it? A flea flicker that ended with Rocky Blyer pitching it back to 12, who threw it in the end zone to tight end, the late tight end, Benny Cunningham for the game winner. Where were you for 51-0 week one? I was in the stadium for that one, too. Well, that was more enjoyable for me. My world was turned upside down for that one. (laughs) But are you feeling... But Hawk advises all Browns fans. He said, listen, this may be our only chance to puff our chest out. So do it in August 2019. You don't know what awaits you in in the regular season anyhow. right? That's not really the way that I operate in general. But like, I I guess I'll I will take his advice. He knows more than I do. Hey, listen, I'm just learning from the goat because all the worlds are coming together here. Hanzoos is back there. He wants to take down uh, the mighty Patriots as much as any of us do. And there's uh, there's the boss there, Greg Rosenthal. I'm just learning from what the goat did. You know, Tom Brady, remember him a few months ago? Like, no one believes in us. Everyone thinks we stink. I'm just wearing it, man. As it happens, no one I, believes in the Steelers. That's all. That's, no, that I, is I, okay. Well, no, that's you, what, that's I will the word. Let, it's your show, so you that's can take any stance. That's the word. Is that no one that believes you, in them? No one is saying that. That is absurd. Sure, they are. No, that, I don't know if you heard, but the Steelers are together. I don't They're believe better in the without Giants. their, without Sorry, their all Eddie, pros. The two all pros who left, we're better now. Like, let's see how let's well, see that, how together yeah. they are. As I just said, the Hawk. Let's see how together they are if they're zero and two, which they could be at Patriots at home to the Seahawks. Let's see how together the the gang is after that. I am not. I am not uh, shedding a tear for the, for the Steelers yet. Let's let's see. What was it? What's your question for me here, though? Oh yes, see. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, because I know that I'm probably annoying Greg and Wes and Dan, if anything else, at this point, because they. Why? Because they're standing. Yeah, they. I mean, they're they're probably just deeply annoyed. Hey, what am I? Chopped liver <laughs> over here. I could be. I could be saying. I could be eating a meatball sub right now. I'm waiting to do my <laughs> podcast. That's handsy. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't have anywhere to be. <laughs> I have I never what, heard him. What else that? do I have to do? When I, I don't have anywhere to be. I don't care really. I don't know. I'm gonna write some stuff. Getting I, more accurate. I want to watch the season from Tybee. I want to watch it from Huckapoos. If I had, if I picked it, that's where NFL Network would set up shop. Uh, the Browns, you get to choose one guy from their history who's a non-Hall of Famer. Too easy to say Joe Thomas or Jim mm. Brown or someone okay. like that. Who would you plug in to the 2019 roster that will make their them soar even higher than they already shall? Uh I feel like they're good on offense. Other, I would have gone Joe Thomas because that is feels like the weak spot mm. to me. How about Eric Turner? Ooh. Reanimate Eric Turner. Fun. He arrives as a bone-crushing safety, Bill Belichick's first pick when he was the Browns coach, and an absolute dominator. I think that's what they need. Um, all right, that's fun. You can ask your friends that one, too. You can get the Jets. Guess uh, they would go. Not Freeman McNeil. I don't know. Oh, Altoon. That's who uh, the Ooh, Jets like could. Altoon. That's yeah. who. That's who the Jets could use. All right. Listen. I think we've said more than enough on this day. We'll round out the rest of the AFC. Uh, if I don't see you again, best wishes uh, in 2019 to the Browns in the AFC North. I mean, I hope I see you between now and probably. The new year, I don't. But, but I, I don't know what'll happen. Okay. And and uh, meantime, we could be fighting for second place uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson running the wishbone. And charm say that that feels possible. Do you really think that? Are you really worried about that? I mean, you, talk, you need to talk to Greg about the Ravens. He is their hype man at the moment. I but. did see the piece, and I do not disagree. I just don't know that physically. It just comes down to Lamar Jackson is not. They scare I don't me know if he is a, a lot stout enough human being to support two hundred. Uh, 
runs in an NFL season. But I mean, we shall see. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, listen. We'll clear out of here. Here come the Around the NFL fellas uh, to, be jo- to join uh, Mark Sessler in Studio 66. We'll be back with more Hui and Applesauce for you from Los Angeles Rams camp. We're going to talk to Eric Weddle, and I can't wait for this. Bum Phillips' son, Wade. Oh, ooh, la and la. Until then, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.